Part 3, Section 3 of The Dark Flower. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Dark Flower by John Galsworthy. Chapter 41. Crossing the Green Park on his way home, was he more or less restless? Difficult to say. A little flattered, certainly, a little warmed, yet irritated. As always, when he came into contact with people to whom the world of art was such an amusing unreality, the notion of trying to show that child how to draw, that feather plate with her riding and her kitten and her perdita eyes, quaint, how she had at once made friends with him. He was a little different, perhaps from what she was accustomed to, and how daintily she spoke, a strange, attractive, Almost lovely child, certainly not more than seventeen, and Johnny Dromer's daughter. The wind was bitter, the lamps bright among the naked trees. Beautiful always, London at night. Even in January, even in an east wind with a beauty he never tired of. Its great, dark, chilled slates. Its gleaming eyes like droves of flying stars come to earth and all warmed by the beat and stir of innumerable lives, those lives that he ached so to know and to be part of. He told Sylvia of his encounter. Dromor, the name struck her. He had an old Irish song, The Castle of Dromor, with a queer, haunting refrain. It froze hard all the week, and he began a life-size group of their two sheepdogs. Then it all set in with that first southwest wind which brings each February a feeling of spring, such as is never again recaptured. And men's senses, like sleepy bees in the sun, go roving. It awakened in him more violently than ever, the thirst to be living, knowing, loving, the craving for something new. Not this, of course. Took him back to Domor's rooms. Oh no, just funniness since he had not even told his old roommate where he lived, or said that his wife would be glad to make his acquaintance, if he cared to come around. For Johnny Dromer had assuredly not seemed too happy, under all his hard-bitten air. Yes, but it was but friendly to go again. Dromer was seated in his long armchair, a cigarette between his lips, a pencil in his hand, a rough guide on his knee. Beside him was a large green book, there was a festive air about him, very different from his spasmodic gloom of the other day, and he murmured without rising. Hello, old man, glad to see you. Take a pew. Look there, Agapamone, which you think I ought to put her to, San Diavolo or Ponte Canet? Not more than four crosses of St. Paul. Can I get a real good one from her this time? He, who had never heard these Satan names, answered, Oh, Ponte Canet? Without a doubt, but if you're working, I'll come another time. Lord, no, have a smoke. I just finished looking out their blood and take a pull. And so Lennon sat down to watch those researches read in cigarette smoke and punctuated by mothered expletives. They were as sacred and absorbing, no doubt, as his own efforts to create in clay. For before Dromo's inner vision was the perfect racehorse, he, too, was creating. Here was no mere dodge for making money, but a process hallowed by the peculiar sensation felt when one rubbed the palms of the hands together, 
the sensation that accompanied all creative achievement. Once only, Drummer paused to turn his head and say, Bally hard, getting a tattooed right. Real art. How well an artist knew that desperate search after the point of balance, the central rivet that must be found before a form would come to life. And he noted that today, there was no kitten, no flowers, no sense at all of an extravagant presence. Even the picture was curtained. Had the girl been just a dream? A fancy conjured up by his craving after youth? Then he saw that Jomer had dropped a large green book and was standing before the fire. Nell took to you the other day, but you always were a ladies' man. Remember the girl at Coaster's? Coaster's Tea Shop, where he would go every afternoon that he had money. Just for the pleasure of looking shyly at a face. Something beautiful to look at, nothing more. Johnny Drummer would no better understand that now than when they're at Banbury's, not the smallest good even trying to explain. He looked up at the googling eyes, he heard the bantering voice. I say, you are going grey, we're belly old, Lenny. A fellow gets old when he marries. And he answered, By the way, I never knew that you had been. From Drummer's face, the chaffing look went, like a candle flame blown out and a coppery flush spread over it. For some seconds he did not speak, then, jerking his head towards the picture, he muttered gruffly, Never had a chance of marrying. There. Nell's outside. A sort of anger leaped in Lennon. Why should Jomer speak that word as if he were ashamed of his own daughter? Just like his sort none, so hide-bound as men about town. Flats him on the tide of other men's opinions. Poor devil's adrift without the true anchorage of their own real feelings, and doubtful whether Jomer would be pleased, or thinking gushing, or even distrustful of his morality, he said. As for that, it would only make any decent man or woman nicer to her. When is she going to let me teach her drawing? Jomer crossed the room, drew back the curtain of the picture, and in a muffled voice said, My God, Lenny, life's unfair. Nell's coming kill their mother, I'd rather it had been me, Barchef. Women have no luck. Lennon got up from his comfortable chair, for, startled out of the past, the memory of that summer night, when yet another woman had no luck, was flooding his heart with its black, inextinguishable grief. He said quietly, The past is past, old man. Dromer drew the curtain. Dromer drew the curtain again across the picture and came back to the fire. And for a full minute, he stared into it. What am I to do with Nell? She's growing up. What have you done with her so far? She's been at school. In the summer, she goes to Ireland. I got a bit of an old place there. She'll be 18 in July. I shall have to introduce her to women and all that. It's the devil. How? Who? Lennon could only murmur. My wife, for one. He took his leave soon after. Johnny Dromore, bizarre guardian for that child. Queer life she must have of it, in that bachelor's den, surrounded by rough guides. What would become of her? Caught up by some young spark about town, married to him, no doubt, her father would see to the thoroughness of that. His standard of respectability was evidently high. And after her go the way, maybe, of her mother, that poor thing in the picture with the alluring, desperate face. Well, it was no business of his. End of section 41. Recording by Medvi.